Welcome to the Texas Values Report. This is Jonathan Sines, president of Texas Values. Man, I can't even say the name of my own organization. <laughs> hey, look, we are streaming Facebook Live here. It's another glorious week in the state of Texas. It's getting warm out there. Baseball season is starting. I'm going to talk a little bit more of that in a series of shows just to, you know, just so you know, like, I do have a life outside of this work that we do. Not that, you know, that they're all that detached from each other. But if you've listened to our Texas Values Report, you know we talk about the issues of faith, family, and freedom as they relate to the issues of the courts, the legislature, and the media. But you certainly probably know that I'm a baseball fan, and um, I've been known to put on the coach's hat from time to time in youth baseball. Uh, I'll be talking more about that later. But I want to jump right into our guests today into that segment of our show, if you will, with our guest today, because he's got very important work that he's doing, as you might imagine. Our guest today is Jeff Mateer. He is the first assistant attorney general for the state of Texas. He serves our wonderful attorney general, Ken Paxton, and he's been serving him well and for quite some time. Jeff, welcome to the Texas Values Report. Great to be with you, Jonathan. Well, Jeff has been a friend for a long time. He and I worked together at First Liberty Institute, but you know, just to do justice, he has his under degree from Dixon College and his law degree from Southern Methodist University's Dedman School of Law. And look, I mean, Jeff has been involved in protecting faith and family for quite some time before he was serving our state at the Attorney General's office. And it's been a pleasure to work with him throughout the years. Jeff, there's some really big issues that your team is a part of at the Attorney General's office. And and I know your time is short, so I want to get right into the details. And people can um, go to our website, txvalues.org, to see more information about this. But two different court cases and, and one other issue I want to get into. First, and two of these, and all these relate to pro-life issues. Um, first is the case, the Planned Parenthood defunding cases. I know uh, a, a lot of us call it. And that case has had some very interesting things happening. I think you could, many of us could consider them victories, but I think things are moving in a very good direction. Tell us a little bit about that case and the state's involvement on this issue. Sure. Um, last year, the, the, the state moved to defund Planned Parenthood because, really, the information that came out of the videos from, from, from down in, in the Houston area, from the Gulf Coast area, and as a result of that, the Inspector General of Texas uh, conducted an investigation and determined that Planned Parenthood and, and those abortion clinics were not complying with the law and made the recommendation to defund Planned Parenthood. Before the defund could go into effect, Planned Parenthood uh, brought a lawsuit. Uh, they got an injunction here in Austin in federal court. And obviously, Ken Paxton and our, our team at the Office of Attorney General stepped in to defend the state. And we were successful just recently at the Fifth Circuit to overturn that decision. Uh, and Judge Edith Jones from the Fifth Circuit wrote a very, very uh, uh, great opinion, uh, actually attached in her opinion, a picture of, 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 of some of the activities that go on and that Planned Parenthood is participating in. Uh, and as a result of that, she also said, hey, um, we think the Fifth Circuit should consider an, a, an opinion from just about a year ago, actually about two years ago, in which the Fifth Circuit divided 7-7 seven, seven, and they upheld, because it was 7-7, seven to seven, they upheld a decision that said that Planned Parenthood uh, had standing to challenge those type of decisions in, in a Louisiana case. Judge Jones said, 
she thought that decision should be reconsidered. And so what we've done is, although we won uh, on, on, on the issue on the merits of, of sending it back down on the defund, we've actually asked the Fifth Circuit to review, the entire Fifth Circuit, to review whether or not Planned Parenthood and the abortion providers can even bring this type of lawsuit. Uh, and the Fifth Circuit has, has accepted that. Uh, and, and we'll be reviewing the, the, the entire case. And, and, of course, Jonathan, as you know, uh, the, 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 the court has changed. We, we've got some very good pro-family, pro-life judges that, that President Trump has appointed. So we're very, very optimistic that actually that, that not only will we win and be able to – the state will be able to defund Planned Parenthood, that we'll be able in the future to cut off these types of lawsuits, not only for Texas but, but across the country. Well, we're talking with Jeff Mateer, first attorney, first assistant attorney general for the state of Texas, serving under our attorney general, Ken Paxton. You know, and a lot of times people, you know, they hear stuff about court cases and they can kind of get lost in the details. And, you know, you'll hear you'll see a headline and it depends on who's writing it, whether or not it sounds favorable. And so I want to back up for a second on this case. I, I think it's very interesting what you said about the judges referring back to a previous ruling and almost arguably opening the door to saying we should revisit this, this could be quite devastating for Planned Parenthood. This is a huge case, and this may be one of the most important pro-life cases of the next six months. I mean, there are some other ones in the works, but right now with the Fifth Circuit, because it, 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 it's, you know, Jonathan, you're a lawyer as well. It, it's called standing, which, which basically is, does someone have a right to even bring the suit? And, and this could say that Planned Parenthood in these types of cases can't even bring the suit. They can't challenge the, the, state's, the, the state's decision. So that, that, that's, that, that, that's very, very important. Uh, and if we can get that victory, it's important for Texas, but it could be, could be important throughout the country. And this is one that you could see after the Fifth Circuit, um, one would anticipate because it's so devastating to Planned Parenthood that, that they would seek Supreme Court review. Well, I, I'm holding up a picture just so people can see on Facebook Live. If you haven't met Jeff Mateer, what he looks like in case you run into him walking up and down Congress like I do sometimes in uh, the city of Austin. Jeff is on the line with us. If you ever listen to the show, the Texas Values Report, just so you know, if you can watch it, you can stream it. If you have any interest in seeing me or whatever, if you, if you kind of follow things a little bit more visually sometimes, we stream at Facebook Live typically at 9 o'clock in the morning on Friday. So, Jeff, you know, you've been involved in these cases for a number of years. We've looked at different ways to, to deal with these issues. And, and you're right, it's a legal concept and, and principle standing. But it, and what it ties to is whether or not the court even allows you to file a suit. So if, if Planned Parenthood cannot file these type of suits, who's going to do them? I mean, there might be some other people that do them, but it really does limit their ability to, to do some of the damage that they're trying to do and really spend a lot of time, force the attorney general's office and other people a lot of time defending these laws that we think are common sense. Let's talk about another issue and, and, and really which kind of speaks to this. On the flip side of things, you've got there's a lawsuit that really is challenging a variety of different laws that have been passed in the state of Texas on issues relating to innocent human life and unborn children. Talk to us a little bit about that court case and where things are. Yeah, there, 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 there's a case, again, abortion providers backed by Planned Parenthood have, have brought a suit challenging, it's something like 50, 56 
of Texas's laws that 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 restrict abortions. And even though some of these laws, the Supreme Court, like parental consent, ha, ha, the Supreme Court has upheld what what the plaintiffs in the in the case, the abortion providers are arguing that when you take all the laws together, this is an undue uh, burden on on the so-called right to, to abortion. And so the state the, our, our office, the Office of Attorney General under General Paxson's leadership, is defending that law as well. Um, we've 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 filed a motion uh, to dismiss uh, that lawsuit, uh, basically saying, "Look, the courts have already ruled on these. Um, th- 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 this is a th- th- this this case should be dismissed immediately because the Supreme Court, the Fifth Circuit, have upheld these regulations or regulations very very similar to these, and there there is no case. We've had a hearing uh, before the the federal district court here in Austin, and we're waiting for the, the, the judge's decision. Again, we are, we're very optimistic that, that, that we'll be successful, if not at the district court, certainly at, at the Fifth Circuit. Well, and you and I know the undue burden is, is another legal principle that the courts look to. There's a whole variety of factors, if you will, in analysis they use. But so for folks that aren't familiar with it, that's what that term is being used, undue burden. You got to ask yourself a question, though, as a layman, if you will. What about the undue burden on the child? I mean, we're talking about life and death issues. If you want to, you know, want to boil these things down, if you will, and, and really look at what we're talking about. And we've seen a lot of discussion about the life issue. Last week, the State of the Union address, the president spent a lot of time talking about the life issue. I mean, and, and regardless of how much time, the fact that he talked about it was huge, okay, was enormous. And and I have to think back, I don't know how many State of the Union addresses I've listened to or read the transcripts of, but but you'd be hard-pressed to remember, at least I am, a time where there's been that much focus, if a mention at all. So that was quite significant. This week, we were on a conference call yesterday, I think, um, some other folks were, and your team might have been as well, where the president did a conference call with a select group of people because there were people in the Oval Office that he was talking about the life issue and, and primarily relating to late-term abortion issues. And you maybe remember, Jeff, when, when, when we were all a part of the First Liberty team, when we represented Gianna Jessen, a late-term abortion survivor, at the U.S. Supreme Court because of some of these awful measures, they're getting a lot of attention now. And I think a lot of people are saying, Wait a minute. They're performing abortions in these in these late term stages on babies that could live outside of the womb. It's quite striking. Yeah, it's it's actually incredible what what states like New York are are are, are doing extending abortion um and, and and until until the moment of birth and and I think that really in a lot of ways, I think it, it, it mobilizes our movement. It, it really shows the reality of how far and extreme uh, the, the, the abortionists are uh, and arguing for this so-called right. So I, I, I think, Jonathan, at the end of the day, I think the reason we're seeing, seeing for instance, the, the, the case challenging all our, all our regulations, look, we've been, we're winning. And we're, 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 we're winning in court, but we're also winning in a president who, who's appointing to the circuit courts pro-life judges. And I think that the, the, the biggest development in, in, in the last two years are the change in the Fifth Circuit, where the, where the Fifth Circuit 
like in 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 the standing case, seven to seven. Well, that those numbers are not there anymore uh, because of the presence of appointments of, of of folks like Jim Ho and Andy Oldham and Kyle Duncan. Um, we we now have got strong pro life judges at the Fifth Circuit and of course at the Supreme Court uh, with 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 Justices Gorsuch and and now Justice Kavanaugh. Um, I mean, those are strong pro life men, and so it that's. That's good for us and good for and good good for our movement. Well, let me bring it back local before we finish up. I'm talking with Jeff Mateer, first assistant attorney general for the state of Texas. There have been some discussions over the past year, six months, if you will. It's probably gone back longer than that, though, where the city of Austin is giving the largest abortion provider in our country, if not the world, Planned Parenthood, essentially free rent. They're charging them a dollar a year, up to 20 years, to lease a building that, if was rented to anyone else, would cost thousands of dollars a month. And some people are estimating uh, millions of dollars over the 20-year period. And that is money that the taxpayers are not receiving, that's not helping in other areas. And I'm not a big tax guy, but I mean, that's the city of Austin seems to be very comfortable taxing a whole lot of people in East Austin where this building is located. And schools are literally shutting down or on the threat of shutting down in that area. People and families cannot afford to live in that area. Some people can, but people that have historically lived in that area are effectively being pushed out. And here is Planned Parenthood at a very plum, sweet location getting, you know, um, you know, here we are a few days after Valentine's getting a sweetheart deal, okay, on this issue. And a lot of people are concerned. I think some people in Austin that may even consider themselves, you know, on the fence on these issues uh, don't think it's right that they're getting such a sweetheart deal. There's some discussion about it over at the Capitol and the state legislature. I think we're going to hear more talk about this. Yeah, I, 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 I do too. I mean, I think one thing that 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 is apparent uh, certainly during the last two to three years is the city of Austin has a hard time following state law, and a lot of times wants to ignore state law and think somehow it 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 has the ability to trump state law. This is another example. I, yeah. I think this $1 lease to, to Planned Parenthood is very troubling. And, you know, it's something that our office is looking into, quite frankly. Well, and we appreciate you saying that, too, because that was our read on this. And this is, you know, you see it in other areas, too, where the city of Austin really tries to undermine the will and the clear law and the expression of a policy throughout the state. You know, and, and so this and we've seen it at the county level where certain county hospitals a few years ago were trying to use tax dollars to subsidize or to pay for abortions when it's clear that the state has made it clear that that's not something that's a part of what we do and, and how tax dollars are going to be spent. And I was really interesting because there was a, a lot of media coverage that was, I felt, fair on this issue. And we did a video on this and probably got some of the largest response and, and views, if you will, and traffic on social media than we have in quite some time. And, you know, and that just is a way to remind people that even in places like the city of Austin, you know, you and I, Jeff, worked together on a court case where we successfully sued the city of Austin for nonprofit pregnancy centers against a law that the city clearly was using to burden them, speaking of that word, and we were successful in court. And so sometimes people think, oh, what's the use? It's, it's Austin. You know, there's nothing you can do about it. Not true. And particularly when you have folks at the attorney general's office who are 
concerned about these things and have the capability and are some of the finest lawyers in the country when it comes to these issues. So, Jeff, we appreciate you and Attorney General Paxson's leadership on so many important issues in our state. Well, Jonathan, we, we appreciate Texas Values because you guys are out on the front lines fighting every day, uh, and it, it's always it, it's a privilege for us to, to, to get to work together on, on matters, um, and um, we, 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 we certainly um, love the work that, 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 that you guys do. Well, send our best to the Attorney General. Know that we're going to be praying for you and for your team, and we'll look forward to talking to you again. Jeff Mateer, First Assistant Attorney General of the State of Texas, has been our guest today on the Texas Values Report. Well, it's great to have Jeff on. Look, those guys are busy, okay? <laughs> I mean, if you haven't noticed. and But it's not a burden to them, speaking of that word again. It's not as if they're like, oh, my gosh, there's so much work to do. They thrive in this environment. They look for opportunities to make a difference. And do they have families and, and, and lives outside of the office? Yes, but so much of it kind of blends together, if you will, because it's a part of who they are day in and day out not only on these issues, but personally as Christians and as people of faith that care about these work, and they under, they understand the opportunity. Jeff talked a little bit about it, right? When you look at the judges that are on the Fifth Circuit now versus some that were there before, and, and I want to take that back a little bit. Many of you all might be saying, what is the Fifth Circuit? I, I you know, why do, What's all this lawyer speak? I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, okay, so the Fifth Circuit is a regional geographic area and I think the state, excuse me, the country split up in 13, if not 14 circuits, if you count the D.C. circuit. But it's a group of three states. So it's Texas, Louisiana, and Mississippi. So court cases that go into federal court that go up on appeal, there's a group of lawyers for those three states that includes Texas, and they review them. And so cases that come out of Mississippi and Louisiana can have an impact in federal court on things that we do in the state of Texas. And so that's the reference to the Fifth Circuit. It's a group of a court of appeals, federal lawyers, federal judges, excuse me, that decide these cases that go up on appeal. And look, sometimes you'll have attorney general's office who will not fight as vigorously on these issues in other states. So it's very important that we have someone like Attorney General Ken Paxton, and I know he's a Baylor Law and undergrad graduate. Um, excuse me, I think that's right. Baylor is he double Baylor? Somebody check me here. And I, I always think of Shackelford, who's Kelly Shackelford, who's on our board, who's also double Baylor. Um, I'm sorry, uh, Ken Paxton went to Baylor undergrad. He got his law degree, um, or at least his LLM for I think his law degree from University of Virginia. We're gonna we're gonna fact check. I know I know he spent at least his undergrad at Baylor University, which broadcasts from this show, their athletics. little plug for y'all. But nonetheless, he is a leader in our state and has been very committed to the issues that we do or that we're involved in. And, I mean, look, with the platform, the resources they have, that's who you want on the team. I mean, it, and so – and but that who that's who's brought into these issues. When pro-life laws are challenged, it's the attorney general's office that is pulled into the equation – on these issues. And so am I right? I'm going to check my UVA law. Right. Okay. All right. I thought that was right. And Baylor undergrad nonetheless. So, but that's why you need to stay connected with what we do and stay connected with us on the Texas values report. Having people like Jeff Mateer, he is the first assistant attorney general. He knows exactly what's going on on a day-to-day -day basis on these type of issues. And so, um, you know, we, we appreciate his time and his commitment to the issues that we're working on 
And we appreciate that, you know, look, um, the folks at the Attorney General's office respond right away. And many of y'all have heard me talk about the Charlie Brown Christmas case from a few years ago where we defended an employee who was told she couldn't put a poster up on her door for Christmas because Charlie Brown, um, Linus in the movie, had a quote where he says, Jesus, they came to our support right away. We teamed up. We ended up winning that case for religious freedom. And so I continue to think about them daily, if weekly, if not daily, over the attorney general's office, and we have good interaction with them. All right, so a little bit update at the Texas legislature. The Faith and Family Day is coming up, and I'm just going to break the news, okay, first. All right, if you don't already know, it's on March 13th, our Texas Faith and Family Day. You can go to texasfaithandfamily.com, I believe is the website, and see more details about this event. I'm typing it up here on the computer so I can show people that are watching. TexasFaithAndFamily.com is the website. So I'm just going to show here on Facebook Live. Little, We've got our featured speaker, David B. Wright, March 13th. This is essentially an all-day event from 9 to at least 3 in the afternoon. You can see TexasFaithAndFamily.com if you're watching on Facebook Live. Tickets are going fast. I mean, I'm, I'm really excited. You know, usually um, we have a later push. We've had a huge response from the beginning. And I imagine the fact that we're giving a $5 Chick-fil-A lunch might have something to do with it. I don't know. I'm just saying. So let me announce. Are you listening? Okay. I want to announce here first. You really did. You heard it here first. Hold on. Let me make sure I say it the right way before I make this announcement since I'm making such a big deal about it. Um, but I want to make sure that I say it right here. I'm looking up my notes to make sure I'm saying it the right way because yes. Okay. So we have a new, a featured speaker to announce for this event. Are you listening? Are you watching? Tell your friends here. I'll give you five or 10 seconds to share this on your Facebook page. Share it right now. Cause you don't want anyone to miss this announcement I'm about to make. I think it's a pretty big deal. We just confirmed yesterday Lieutenant Colonel Allen West is going to be speaking at our rally for the Texas Faith and Family Day. If you've never heard Lieutenant Colonel Allen West speak, you're going to want to make it. And if you've heard him before, you're probably really going to want to make it because you know the inspiration that he brings, the strength, the spirit, the passion. Man, I'm excited. This is going to be something. He is a retired Army lieutenant colonel and a former member of the U.S. House of Representatives, but he's now a Texan. Okay, he now lives in Texas. He does work with our friends at the Texas Public Policy Foundation. He was deployed in Kuwait, in Iraq, and he has been extensively involved in defending constitutional liberties, speaking up on these issues. He's got a huge following on social media. So I think whether during this broadcast or pretty soon, I'm giving a a very stern look and eye to James Wasolik, our communications associate. We're going to have something on Twitter announcing this or on social media, and hopefully you will share this with friends. But Lieutenant Colonel Alan West is going to be speaking at the Faith and Family Day rally. We're not charging for this event, okay? Usually you want to see him, you got to go to a gala and pony up a couple hundred bucks at least, all right? This is a free event. We're going to be out in public on the south steps of the Texas Capitol. The rally's going to be at noon, but it's just a portion of the Faith and Family Day, which starts at 9 a.m. and goes to at least 3. We're going to educate you on the issues. We're going to talk to you about the legislative process. We're going to turn you loose in the Texas Capitol to meet with your House and Senate member. 
and then we're going to have our rally at noon. Then we're going to have a Chick-fil-A lunch. So if you don't want to eat that day, you can come for free, okay? But if you can somehow scrape together $5, you will get a Chick-fil-A box lunch. That's cheaper than if you go through the drive-thru. And I know because I do that often, okay? I was there the other day, and all I got was Chick-fil-A combo meal number one. And it was seven bucks, okay? Not to mention the gas it cost me to go through the drive-thru, all right? $5 box lunch. I think it includes a cookie, too. I didn't even get a cookie, okay, the other day. All I got was the sandwich, some uh, waffle fries, and a drink. I didn't even get a cookie, and it still cost me seven bucks. So because of that, we're, we're offsetting some of the cost, Um so the $5 does not cover our cost. So, and if you're listening and you want to help underwrite this event, it's going to cost quite a bit of money uh, to put some of the get things together. You can call our office at txvalues.org, 512-478-2220 if you want to make a tax-deductible donation. This is not a political event, okay? Alan West is not running for office, uh, and David B. Wright is not running for office. This is not a political fundraiser. <clears throat> this is an educational event. So if you want to make a tax-deductible na- donation to support the Texas Faith and Family Day, we're going to need your help. But Lieutenant Colonel Alan West is going to be one of our featured speakers at the rally. He's going to be teaming up with David B. Wright. If you haven't heard Alan West speak, he talks about the issues of religious liberty, constitutional principles. He talks about his concerns about the attack on religious liberty with some of these uh, sexuality issues. He's very pro-life. I mean, the guy covers all of our issues extremely well, and he's served our country well, okay? Military veteran, really accomplished, and just a tremendous speaker. He's teaming up with David B. Wright, who started the 40 Days for Life movement. Uh, he and, and one other individual, I believe, I'm sure there's a collection of folks, but but primarily, and this was a Texas A&M University. Even though David B. Wright is now a national speaker, he's got roots in Texas, all right? So gig them Aggies and come out to the event. And you know that's hard for me to say as a Longhorn sometimes, all right? Hey, but look, TexasFaithAndFamilyDay.com is the website. Faith and Family Day is March 13th. You want to make a difference at the Capitol? You want to make a difference in your government? You got to show up. And this is one of the best days to do it. We'll have everything set up for you. We'll make it real simple, but we need you to come. You can come for free or you can pay five bucks and get a box lunch from Chick-fil-A. Register today. We want a biggest, the biggest turnout we've ever had. That's why we're bringing David B. Wright. That's why we're bringing Alan West. Senator Kelly Hancock's going to be there. Um, Representative Matt Schaefer, a whole host of other folks. Go to TexasFaithAndFamily.com. We're about out of time. I didn't even get to to some of the the things, the updates on our legislative work. So go to TXValues.org. Make a tax-deductible donation today. Sign up for our emails. Share it with friends on social media. And we'll talk to you next week on the Texas Values Report.